Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Get right into the Word. I believe God's got a powerful Word for us. Uh, This morning, God really moved in the first service. I want to talk about something that I think is so prevalent to us today in our in our day, this is something that that doesn't uh, it affects everybody, and uh, we just had one recently. How many uh, remember those storms that just came through? Just and then when I say came through, they just came through. My father-in-law was telling me that he used to watch movies, and he would see like the scene where it's sunny, and there'd be this couple talking or two people talking, and all of a sudden it'd go, and the rain would come down, and he would think, man, that that can't be possible. That's a movie. And then he came to Texas, and he realized it is actually possible for a storm to come in that fast. And so we had these storms come in real fast, and I'll say a little bit about more of that in a second. But I thought back to uh, Costa Rica when we had our kids' ministry before we started pastoring. And we would go out into these open lots and work with these kids, and at Christmas time we gave lots of gifts away. And we were out there one day, and and it rains every day in Costa Rica for eight months out of the year. So it's going to rain. And so you have to get stuff done early in the morning. So we're there, and I see these clouds coming, dark clouds. And they're, they're maybe a couple hundred yards away. And I had this faith come upon me. And I looked over at them clouds, man. I had a microphone in my hand, and I said, storm, be still. You're not coming over. And I just spoke to that storm in Jesus' name. And I just believed that that storm was going to stay away so we could get the gifts given out. And you know what happened? About five minutes later, we were sopping wet and looking for shelter. Nothing happened. That storm came. You thought something amazing was going to happen, huh? The point is, God can stop a storm, but there are times when the storm's going to come and you can't do anything about it. So I want to talk about overcoming the storms in our lives. Now, if I would ask you to raise your hand, there's nobody that would not raise their hand in this place that doesn't go through storms. Storm, but one thing I want to teach you this morning, we've been really digging in here on Sundays about being a disciple, being one and making one. And a disciple, so I've been throwing in the titles to these sermons about what are characteristics of a disciple. A disciple is somebody who understands that storms are part of life. A, a, a Christian, in quotation marks, uh, someone who says they believe but's not really a disciple is somebody who goes through storms and gets mad at God or, or their faith fails or, or they go back to their old ways. But a disciple understands that storms are part of life and that storms can actually teach us something or storms can grow us. And, and I want to go into that today and I want to talk about four different types of storms. One storm is, is the storm that I talked about that, uh, the other day that just came that just comes. There's no reason for it. There's nothing you can do about it. It just comes. I was at Bucky's getting gas, and I, I, I like to get the car wash because I like to save the 50 cents a gallon on my, on my gas, and it goes towards the car wash. And so I get the car wash when I go get my gas there. And so I, I'm looking at the weather channel, and I'm looking to see if it's going to rain before I get the car wash. And it said 20%. And so, you know, in Texas, that means it's not going to rain. It's just, it needs to be 60 or 70%. So I looked at it, so okay, I'm going to get the car wash. So I'm over there wiping the bug stuff off and that little thing they have where you spray on the front of the truck. And, and then all of a sudden, I look up at the cloud, and I hear thunder, and there's this really dark cloud. And I'm like, okay, it's going to rain. 
That 20% just shot up in five seconds, and so I didn't get the car washed. And so you look at those storms, and sometimes they're just there. And they just come, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way you can avoid it. You just have to weather that storm. Another one is a storm that we bring, this is the big one, that we bring on ourselves. Storms that we bring into our own lives. And we'll talk about that. Another one is, is a storm, and this will be the best part of the message, a storm that teaches you something. A, torn, a storm that grows you. And the last one is, and there's no particular order to these, another one is a storm that you have come onto your life because of somebody else brings that storm into your life. So I want to go over these, and I want to find out how scripturally we can overcome these things. So I want to start off in Mark chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles. And I really believe this is going to bless some people and teach some people and help some people this morning. And, And this is straight from the Bible. And as we read this, as we're growing through this series of discipleship, I want you all to be thinking as a disciple. That I'm not just a believer, I'm a disciple, I'm a student of Jesus, I'm a pupil of Jesus, I'm learning how does Jesus act, how does Jesus react, what does Jesus think, that's the, that's the, the life that we're, that we're trying to live. And I want to just throw this out real quick because I haven't said it for a couple of services. The reason we're doing this series, and I, and I didn't say this in the first service, but I feel led to say it in this one, so, so some background. The reason we're doing this series, besides the fact that it's important, is I feel in my spirit so strongly more than I ever have in my life of being saved of 27 years, that, that now today we have to be more as, just as leery about reaching the lost. That's important. We'll never stop doing that. We'll never take the reach off our reach teach sin. We will consistently go. We will consistently preach. We will consistently outreach. I feel today, though, that there is a generation of people who are being misled by the church. And there are a lot of churches out there who are preaching a false gospel. And we almost have to protect those who are already saved. And a lot of times we can, be, we can get caught up in the whirlwind of the church world and the mega church and, and the, it show up and mark the box church and leave church instead of coming to a church where you're going to grow you're going to be accountable. You're going to have someone asking, what's, what do you, what's your life look like? Are you living the life you're supposed to live? Are you living a life of holiness? Are you living a life of righteousness? Are you living the way Jesus wants you to live? Because we want to be ready when Jesus comes. We want to be a church without spot or wrinkle. We want to be a church that's, that's, that's living like a church is supposed to live and doing what a church is supposed to do. And so I feel like there's a, we almost have to, to, to not, not start over but get back to the basics because too many people don't know what they believe. They really don't. And so the mindset now is, okay, I'm a disciple. I'm not just someone who says I believe in Jesus. I'm a disciple, and I have fruit, and I have love, and I have something in my life that shows that I have changed, and I'm transformed, and I'm a new person. And that's the mindset we have now as we read these scriptures. How many has that been helping you as you're reading these scriptures that you're now thinking differently? You're not just thinking as someone who believes, but you're thinking as a disciple. How can I transform my thinking to these things? So as we see this story, it says, Jesus, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, real quick before we move on to the next verse. I'm going to hit this again in a a few minutes, and remember the the parallel here, okay? He says, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, 
and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm, look how it just came out of nowhere, arose. It just arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. How many want to be like Jesus and be asleep on a pillow in the middle of the storm? How many were, how many were woken up a few days ago by that sonic boom, thunder that we had? Anybody else hear it? I want to see your hand if you did not hear it, if you live here in this area. I want to see your hand. God bless you, heavy sleepers. God bless you. I can't, I wish I slept like that. It even woke you up, didn't it? That's strong. And we had a second boom that came through that shot our gate, our, fried my computer and our gate to open the gate. So, anyways... I want to be like Jesus and sleep on a pillow. And he said, they awoke and said, teacher, do you not? See, this is the thought a lot of people have. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I think a lot of people think this way. God, where are you at? Do you not care that I'm going through this situation? And these are the disciples saying this to Jesus. He says he arose and rebuked the wind. See, he did it and it worked. I tried to do what Jesus did right here. I was using this scripture. I said, I rebuke you, storm. Wait, didn't listen to me. Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, the first one here is understanding. If you don't get anything else, this would be a good one to get. Understanding that you have to know God is in control. You can't do anything about a storm. You can't change it. You can't, you can't uh, wish it away. You can't pray it away. Uh, not, not that God doesn't have the power to hear your prayer, but storms are going to come. They're going to come in your life. They're going to happen. And sometimes they're just going to happen for no reason. And you're not going to be able to put your finger on why they came or why they happened or what it did. But we have to know that God is sovereign. That he's a big God, and, 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 and I told the first service this. It's kind of like the parent that when you say why, the parent says because. Right? There's no answer. You say why, and you want the parent to tell you why, and the answer is because. And that's simply the answer. And sometimes God just says because. Because I'm God. And he can do that, and you can argue with him all you want, but you're going to lose sleep, and you're going to waste your time because he's God. So you just get to the place where you say, I understand that storms are going to come in my life and they're just going to happen. They're, they're just normal storms and there's no reason for it. Okay? How many are with me? Now, one really good verse for this is in Matthew 5.45. Look at this verse and pay attention. This is so powerful. This was a revelation to me. I don't know how many years ago it was. And this is what I'm talking about. As a disciple, you're going to start to hear things and all of a sudden things are going to start to click. The light bulb's going to come on. I don't know why I always say that, but for me, that's what it is. It's like, oh, I get it. And this was, a, this was an answer for me because every one of us in here have questions of why good things happen to bad people. Or actually, I'm probably the only one here that wonders that. I don't think there's anybody else that thinks that way. Why do good things happen to bad people? And why do bad things happen to good people? 
Isn't that, a, isn't that the life question? Isn't that something we, we see a storm? We see, you know, like Sue was mentioning in, in the first service, her son, if you didn't catch that, her grandson, sorry, was 75% burned a few months ago in, a, in, a, in, a, in the house. It caught on fire, and he was trapped inside. And, and they gave him no chance to live, and now he's home, praise God. But he, he why, why, that's a good kid. Why does something bad happen to a good kid? And why do good people seem to flourish? And we ask that question, why does a storm hit a certain city? Why does a tragedy happen? Why do these things go on? And the answer is so powerful right here from Jesus. He says, you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he makes the rain come on the just and the unjust. It's simply a fact that we are humans and we live in a real world that is fallen. And the fact is the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And we have to settle with ourselves that there's going to be some storms we don't understand. How many are with me? There's going to be some storms we can't put our finger on. I don't understand why this is happening. And the reason I'm saying that, you might think, why are you even asking why the storm's coming? Because you're going to see as we move on that there are storms that are in your life that you can control. They're man-made. They're made by us, and that's going to take us into number two. Number two is there are storms in our lives that we engineer ourselves. We make them, and they're made by our disobedience and our foolishness. Can I stay here for a minute? Good, because I'm going to. Amen. One of the most frustrating things I know for myself as a pastor, maybe you as a person, just with somebody you know, is to watch somebody's life and see them in a storm and know that they put themselves in it. And know that they can get themselves out of it. But they like to dance in the rain. They like the storm. I have met people. I know people in my life. I know I'm just talking. I know nobody else thinks like I'm thinking this morning. But I have met some people in my life that if they're not in a storm and if they're not in chaos, they don't live. They can't live. They just don't know what it is to be normal. They, it's just got to be chaotic. It's got to be a storm. They don't, they, don't, they don't like the peace. They don't like, they're just people like that. And they don't want to learn. They don't want to get away from it. Let's look at Jonah chapter 1. And you're going to see someone like that in the Bible. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai and said, Arise. Now this is neat right here. Another nugget here as a disciple. That this is a great commission that God is giving to Jonah. That's just the same as Jesus gave to us. Go therefore and preach the gospel. So he's given the great commission to us, and he's given the great commission to Jonah, and he's saying, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city. I want you to cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So he has a call here. Okay, we're in number two, where we bring the storms on ourselves by disbelief and foolishness. Some of you in here today are running from the call of God on your life. Ooh, it got quiet in here. Some of you are running from the call of God on your life. And I'm just going to tell you, you might as well give in. You just might as well do it now instead of later because he's going to get you. He's going to get you to fulfill his will. And if you don't, let me just tell you this, you're going to be miserable. 
You understand that. You're going to be miserable. I'm not talking about being a pastor or preaching on the pulpit or, or being an evangelist. I'm talking about the call God has for you because we all have calls. We've been going over that. But God's wanting you to do something, and if he's telling you to do something, and you're running in the opposite direction, as we're going to see in this next verse, look what it says. He says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence. Say that with me. Everybody say Tarshish. A tough word. Felt weird saying it in the first one. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa, found a ship going to. When you say it too. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord, who? But the Lord sent a storm, a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up, and the rest of the story, as you know, is he has to get thrown off the boat, and he gets swallowed by a, by, by, by a big fish. Because he ran. Because he ran from the Lord. Because he ran from what God was telling him to do. Now, this is the call, but, but what if you're in disobedience this morning to the Word of God? What if you're doing things in your life that aren't lining up with the Word, and you're in a storm, and you can get out of that storm, but you don't, want to get out, you don't get out of that storm because you don't want to get out of your disobedience and your foolishness. God's got a, a really good plan and purpose for all of us. He loves us. He has awesome things for us. But sometimes we don't see those awesome things because we're in a storm we don't have to be in. This is different from the first storm. This is different from the storm that I said just happens and you don't have any control of. This one you brought on by yourself. And, you're, and, you're, and here's what's, if you could see a picture of a storm, how many of could you, can you visualize as I walk around right now, just picture sun everywhere except over me. You all picturing that? It's dark cloud and rain on me. And no matter where I go, it follows me. Some people live their life like that. They live in a storm because they're living in disobedience. And no matter where they run to, the storm follows them because they're being foolish and they're disobeying and they're running from the things of God. If it, whether it's a sin thing or it's, or it's running from the call of God on your life, either way, you're going to have a storm on your life that you don't want to have. Every pastor who's ever pastored with his wife as a couple to serve the Lord knows that this is a fact. I've told my wife many times over the years, there's been many times that we have talked about and thought about quitting the ministry. Not quitting God, but quitting the ministry. Because it's hard. And there's been many times as a pastor's wife, and I can speak for my wife, that it's been many times that she's wanted me to quit. And she's even said, can't we just be normal? Can't we just go to church? Not, I'm not talking about stopping serving, living for God and loving God. I'm talking about the ministry. And I've told her many times. She's not saying it in a bad way. I've said it to her. She said it to me. But I've told her all these times, we, I can, but we'll be miserable. You'll be miserable. You can say no. There's a permissible and a perfect will of God. But if you say no, you're going to be miserable. And so there's some storms in our lives, and I don't have time to preach the whole message on this. You're going to have to listen to the Holy Spirit. He can tell you how to get out of that storm. He might reveal to you today the disobedience that you're living in. He might, he might I mean, one, one just very simple. I'm, I had no plans to say this. I'm going to throw it out at, at the offering. You think about it. One very simple thing is if you don't tithe and you're not faithful with your finances, you're going to live in a financial storm. 
I mean, it's just a simple fact. And people beat their head against the rocks and they say, I can't understand why I can't pay my bills. I can't understand why I can't get ahead. But they'll never tithe. And so the disobedient storm just follows them everywhere they go. And once they start tithing and start obeying, all of a sudden things get better financially. That's just an example. So you can get out of those storms, and that kind of leads you into the next one. These kind of run together, and you got to kind of ask the Lord to help you. The third one is a storm that God will send to grow you. To grow you. Now, this is where the disciples get excited. If you're a disciple in here, you're going to be like, yeah, speak to me, speak to me, give it to me. I want to hear this right here. If you're not a disciple, you're going to be like, oh, growth? Oh, I hate that whole growth thing. I don't like that. I don't like that because it's painful. Well, let's just let's watch what happens in, in the number three. Storms that God sends us for growth. Look at Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 24, and remember back to the first one I read. Okay, remember the first story that I read? Jesus got in the boat with them, Right? Remember the story? Different story. Jesus got in the boat with them. The storm arose out of nowhere. It was just a storm. Jesus had peace in the storm. They didn't. They called Jesus. Jesus came. Jesus said, I rebuke you, storm. Are you with me? True. Am I telling the story right? He said, I rebuke you, storm. And the storm stopped. Peace be still. Why, where, what's wrong? Why? He said, where's your faith? Where's your, why do you have unbelief? He's saying, why are you not trusting me in this storm that you have no control over? Right? Trust. I, I can't control this. God, I trust you. Now watch the difference here. Watch this one. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Stay with me. Jesus, the first time, got in the boat with them. This time he says, y'all get in the boat. And he says, as he goes, and he says, uh, go before him to the other side while I go send the multitudes away. You get in the boat, I'm going to go send the multitudes away. Okay, now watch what happens. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he didn't get in the boat. How come he didn't get in the boat? Because he was going to send a storm to the boat. And the boat was the lesson and the growth. And Jesus didn't need to grow because he was Jesus. But they needed to grow. So instead of getting in the boat with them, he went up on the mountain. And the mountain was way up, so he had a good view. He could see everything that was going to happen to pray for his disciples as he sent them through the storm for growth. And when evening came, he was alone there. Verse 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. What is this telling us? Jesus sent them into the storm, to the boat, knowing a storm was coming. Tell me, say this with me. Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows everything. And so sometimes, now this is a different, how many see the difference between two and three? In two, I put myself there out of disobedience. I, I brought the storm on myself because I'm foolish. I'm running from the call of God, or I'm living in disobedience. I'm shacking up with my girlfriend. I'm living a lifestyle of perversion. I'm doing drugs. I'm disobeying. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I have storms on me, and I'm going to live in storms all my life. But this one's different because I'm living my life, life now right. I'm preaching. I'm with Jesus. I'm doing the right thing. And Jesus says, I need you to grow. 
I need you to get off the milk, and I need you to start eating some meat. I need you to start learning some Bible verses. I need you to start learning how to speak my word. I need you to start being the church that I've called you to be. I need you to start doing what I've called you to do, and you're not doing it, so I'm going to have to send you into a storm to teach you, to grow you. Not going into the rest of the story because every single person's growth and every single person's storm is different. But a disciple gets in the storm and says, God, you're teaching me something through this right now. What are you teaching me? How can I learn from this storm? How can I grow? Did you know that trees grow through storms? There's no storm, there's no growth. When trees get roots grow, grow, grow deeper into the ground, they don't come when the sun is shining. Trees' roots grow when the storm comes. Automatically when the wind blows and automatically when the rain comes, the roots go deeper into the ground. And God can be growing us this morning through the storm that you're in right now. And he can be getting you to root down deeper into your walk with God and to trust him more. And it's not a storm that you brought on, but it's a storm he brought on. And you should embrace it and grow. Amen. Number four, the storm. This is the unfair one. This is the unfair one. I mean, this is more unfair than number one that just comes. This is the one that you get dragged into. You're, you didn't do anything wrong or right, really. You just got dragged into it. I was telling in the first service, that I had friends in high school who loved to fight. I fought, but I didn't like to fight. I liked to play sports. I, I, my hands were for shooting the basketball and throwing the baseball, not for punching. I didn't really care for that. But I had friends who liked to fight. And so every weekend, we'd be done at a party or done eating or whatever, and they'd say, let's go get in a fight. And I'd be like, no, let's chill. Let's not go get in a fight. I don't feel like fighting this weekend. Sure enough, bottle would hit someone's head. Sure enough, someone push, Someone looks at someone's girl, something. And there we are. And I'm swinging because I have to. I'm in a fight I didn't want to be in. Are you all following me? Now, that was disobedience because I shouldn't have been hanging out with them in the first place. But the idea is, I, didn't, I wasn't looking for that storm. That storm found me. Sometimes, the other side of that is, that was disobedience. The other side of that is, Paul, in Acts 27, and we're not going to go into it for time, is on a boat. Does anybody remember this story? He's on a boat, and he perceives. How many of you have ever perceived? Something's not right. Something bad's about to happen, right? Now, sometimes it's common sense. Sometimes it's spiritual. Paul's in Acts 27, and I'm going to quote him. I'm not going to go into the whole verse, but he's on this boat, 27 and 28. It's two long chapters. And he says these words, men, he's on the boat, and he says, I perceive that this voyage is going to end in disaster. And we're going to have much loss. And even lives. I mean, he's like, I perceive. And guess what they did? They don't care. And guess what? It ended in much disaster. They shipwrecked. They shipwrecked. And then he gets bit by a snake. And all kinds of things happen to him. And so sometimes there's going to be things that are simply out of your control. I know that never happens to anybody here. I know I'm, not, I'm just talking to myself this morning. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. Right? Don't we run into things sometimes, storms that we did not cause, 
Storms that we sometimes that were just related to somebody. Amen. Someone you sometimes you got a cousin, a, a friend, a family member, a neighbor. Sometimes you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Storms happen. But God's got a way out of these things. And that's what I want to show you this morning. I want to finish as I begin to close in Psalms 89. If you'll go there real quick. Now, I want to make this statement. I want you to catch this. If you haven't caught anything else yet, we as believers are not called to run. I mean, we run the marathon. I'm talking away from the storm. We don't run away from the fight. We run into the fight. We fight. Amen. How many fighters do I have in here? Amen. Now, I know some of y'all like to use to fight physically, fight spiritually now. There's nothing that makes me more mad than some man or woman who was a fighter before they met Jesus, and now they're a sissy. Come on. If you were a fighter before, be a fighter now. But now you're not fighting with your fists. You're fighting with your prayers. You're fighting with the word of God. You're fighting with the principles of God. You're fighting with the blood of Jesus. You're fighting like that. But you don't lose the tenacity of facing the storm. God has called us not to run. Jonah ran, and that was bad. We need to run into the storm and face it straight on. Because how many know when you run, you got to face it again later? You never really run away from it, so you might as well just face it. And so David says something powerful, and as we're running to this storm, he wants us to face it, and he wants us to trust him. Trust. Trust. I want to stay there for just a second. I was going to read this verse, but I want to stay there just for a second. Trust. I can't answer the question for you. I can't answer, do you trust? I know that I trust God. I'm not saying I'm perfect in it, but I trust God. I'm, I've gotten to a place in my life where when things, don't hap- th- things happen that I don't understand, I just trust God. And that's where God wants you to be. Just trust Him. So he says, Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty like you? See, it's like Pastor Andrew said at the offering. We've got to remind God that we know who he is. Who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You are faithful. You are mighty. And you tell the storm, my God is mighty. My God is bigger. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's another verse in 2 Corinthians 4 that's really good. Check this out. Now, this is the meat right here of the message. This this is one of those verses that you read before, and you're like, what in the world does this mean? And now you're a disciple, and it means something. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus, may be manifested in our body. We only can give glory to God when we understand that He takes us through the storms. 
Do you realize that the people that don't believe in God are watching your life when you're in the storms? It's easy to lift your hands and bless God and praise God when the sun's out and the bank's got money in it and food's in the refrigerator and everything's fine. But when you are going through a storm, then people are watching what you do. And when you lift your hands in the storm, it brings glory to God and it brings out the life of Jesus in you to the people around you so that they can see that Jesus is real. And he's not just real when everything's good. He's the, he's the Lord of the storm. Now I'm going to end with this. We're going to look at Psalms 35 in a second, but 30 verse 5, but I want you to write this down. This, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this statement down because this is the good news. Storms don't last forever. Can I get a better amen? Storms don't last forever. That's what, a, that's what a disciple understands. This too shall pass. Now, I know nobody in here has ever been facing something that they thought, this is, this, is, this is the end of the world. Sure we have. This is it. I, we, I, we can't get out of this. This is it. We're done. We get to that place. And guess what? It passes. You can think of the worst tragedy in your life. You can think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Guess what? It passes. This too shall pass. Oh, you don't understand my storm. You don't, Mom, I'm, I had a guy come, at, come tell me. Kristen, you can come if you want. I had a guy tell me in the, in the first service, after the service, knew, just visiting, driving through from San Antonio. He says, I'm in category four. Some people say, you don't understand my storm. You don't, you don't know what I'm going through. He didn't say it in a bad way. He was trusting God. But the bottom line is, church, this too shall pass. Whatever you're going through, the sun's going to come out again. As we were leaving here the other day, whatever day it was, when it rained real hard, and I was driving back out to where I live in Bridgeport, and I was driving down the freeway, we were in the storm, and all of a sudden we saw on the horizon, sun, sunset, clouds were cleared, and I could see ahead, we're going to come out of the storm. God wants a disciple to have a perspective that I'm in the storm, but the storm's going to end. Whether it's a lesson, whether it's just normal. And the only way, listen closely, the only way that you can stay in the storm, the only way the storm will never end is if you're never in, living in disobedience. But if you're not, if you, if you get out of your disobedience and begin to obey God's word, begin to line your life up with the word of God, not just on 8 out of 10 things, but on 10 out of 10 things. Can I get an amen? See, God's looking for a church that says everything his word says I want to obey. Not trail mix. Not pull out what I want to obey and what I don't. Well, I, I can do that, but I can't do this. You can't make deals with God. He's not, he's not a deal maker. He's a way maker, but he's not a deal maker. He doesn't make deals. He's God. He's sovereign. But if you'll say, God, I'll get out of my disobedience, that, that'll pass as well. The only way you'll stay in a storm is if you stay in disobedience. But God says, if, you, if you'll obey, you can come out. And the rest, all those storms will pass. It says, his anger is just for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. Can you give the Lord praise?
That sun will shine again. I want to close with this story. If you just stay with me here. This old man was invited to preach at this uh, friend of his church. And he said, I want to have my friend come up and tell this story real quick before I preach. And so this elderly man walks up to the pulpit and he greets the church and he says, a father and his son and, his fr- and a friend of his son were sailing in the Pacific. This was a true story. He said, a fast approaching storm blocked any attempt to get back to the shore. The waves were high and the father, even as an experienced sailor, could not keep the boat upright and all three were capsized into the ocean from the boat. The old man hesitated for a moment. He made contact with two teenagers who were in the church who, for the first time in the story, paid attention. The aged minister continued his story. He said, I grabbed a rescue line. He said, the man grabbed a rescue line, and the father had to make the most excruciating decision he's ever made in his life. Which boy would he throw the line to? He only had seconds to make the decision. The father knew that his son was a Christian, a believer. But he knew his, father, his son's friend was not saved. So he had to decide, am I going to save my son or am I going to save his friend? So he quickly, in a, in a moment of despair, said, son, I love you, and threw the line to the, other, to the other boy. As the boy grabbed the line and was pulled back to the boat, he saw his son fall off into the, into the waves, never to be seen again. His body, body was never recovered. By this time, the two teenagers were sitting straight up anxiously waiting for the next words to come out of the minister's mouth. He said the father knew his son would step into eternity with Jesus, but he could not bear thinking about that other friend of his son dying without Jesus. So he threw his, he sacrificed his son so his friend could be saved. He goes on to say that's the story of the gospel. That's the story of what Jesus did for us. And he goes back to his seat and he sits down. As, as the service is over and they're dismissed, those two boys come up to the man. They said, sir, that was a really beautiful story, but it can't be true. Nobody would sacrifice their own son for somebody that they don't know that's not their own flesh and blood. And he said, you know what, you're right. I, I understand. I would think that same way if I didn't know it to be true. He said, you see, I'm the father and your pastor is that boy in the story. I threw the line to him. And now he's preaching the gospel. That's what Jesus did for us. He threw us a line. He gave his son up, sacrificed his son so we could be saved. In the storm. You might be in a storm right now and you're saying, I I don't know how to get out of this storm. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus can make a way where there seems to be no way. You might say, listen, you, you, you don't know the disobedience storm I'm in right now. doesn't matter. If you'll confess those sins, if you'll say, I'm done, I'll turn away, God will do a miracle in your life. He'll transform you right now. I heard a story this week of a man, I, as a matter of fact, just yesterday, so powerful. I'm going to read into it some more before I, before I recommend reading this book, but really powerful. It was this man who was sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in a coffee store in Hollywood, and he was openly gay. He was with his partner. And some people were in the t- next t- table over with Bibles open. They were doing a Bible study. And he says that he, his interest was pricked. He goes on to tell him this story that, that he, he did not know God. He was not raised in church. Maybe it was Catholic, but he didn't have really any knowledge of really what God was. And he, he started conversating with these men at this table. And he said, he said, what is that, a Bible? 
He said he'd never seen a Bible in public in his whole life in L.A. And he's, he pricked his interest. He said, is that a Bible? And they said, yes. They began to conversate. And these men spoke to him. I don't know how many men were at the table. And he said, I'm gonna, and he said, and then I asked the million-dollar question. He said, what do you think at your church about people who are homosexual? And they said to him, we believe it's a sin. And this man was totally shocked that he did not get mad. He said he was thankful that they were honest with him because he was searching. So they said, why don't you come to church with us this Sunday? It was like a week before. He said the whole week went on, and he said, I contemplated thinking about going. He said, I had tried everything in my life. He said, I've sat with actors and actresses at their house. I've been to London, Paris. I've been to uh, San Francisco. He said, I've I've been all over the world with famous people. He said, I've realized none of that makes me happy. He said he went and tried church. And he went to the church. It was probably a fairly distant church, but it was at an auditorium. And he said he went all the way down to the front. He said the pastor preached for an hour. And he said he was on the edge of his seat the whole message. And he said everything this man was saying, he said it resonated in my spirit that it was true. This is a man who's never been in church in his life. He said the sermon was over, and he went over for prayer at the altar. person laid their hands on him and prayed. And he said, he said, he felt, how can somebody who's not homosexual love me so much? And they got done praying. He went back to the front, and they were worshiping at the altar, a worship song. And he said, all of a sudden, like a flood, like rain, he said, the Holy Spirit fell on him. Just fell. And he said, right in front of him, he said, I'm, God said, I'm God. Jesus is my son, and the Holy Spirit loves you, and you're adopted into my kingdom right now, and you're a new creation. And he said at that moment, he was totally liberated, and he had no desires for the homosexual lifestyle anymore, and he was totally set free, totally set free. And he wrote a book, and I'm not going to tell you the name of it because I want to make sure I endorse something that's, that's good, but so far what I've seen is powerful, and it's really, really powerful. But what hit me was... I think a lot of times we think everybody's heard the gospel. We think everybody's heard the Bible. We think everybody knows, but there are people out there who are ripe. And they just need us to throw them the line. It's not our words, just throw them the line. This morning as you bow your heads and close your eyes, how many in this place right now, listening to my voice, need the line to be thrown to you? You're you're, you're drowning. You're drowning in your sin this morning. You're drowning in your disobedience. You're drowning in pain. You're drowning in condemnation. You're drowning in self-denial. You're drowning in depression. You don't know what to do. Jesus is throwing you a line right now. And all you have to do is grab onto it. One thing that's really important about that story, church, is that boy had to grab the line. He had to grab the line. If that boy doesn't grab the line, he's, he's, he goes away dead. The line was there. Don't be that person this morning that's here that doesn't know Jesus, that has not given him your life, that has not surrendered your life to Jesus. Don't be that person who has the line thrown to you and doesn't grab it. Today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day it's acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. How many all over this place would say, Pastor, I need Jesus right now. That's me. Throw me the line. Just lift your hand up. All over this place, quickly, just raise your hand. That's me. 
throw me the line. I need it. I need that line. Come on, just lift it up. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. I see your hand. I need that line. I need that line thrown to me. I'm drowning in my sin. I'm drowning in my disobedience. I'm drowning in my pain. I need the line. Throw it to me. Jesus will come out. He'll save you today. He'll change your life. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you just believe in God. Is Jesus Lord of your life? Is he Lord of your life this morning? Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You're running from God. Come back today. How many would say, I need to come back? Lift your hand up and say, that's me. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to Jesus today. All over this place. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I really believe there's some people here who this message ministered to and it gave you some answers that helped you. I really believe that. I really believe there's some people here today that were in one of those storms or maybe more than one. But there's some clarity today because of God's word. And now you understand a little better. Sometimes I'm just going to go through storms. Sometimes I'm just going to go through things I don't understand. Or maybe I'm in a storm right now because I'm living in disobedience. I'm, I'm living in sin and I've got to change. I've got to turn away from those things. Or, or maybe I've been pulled in by somebody else and I need to get free. That's why we talk about cutting off from relationships when you get saved. You've got to cut some relationships off. You've got to cut some people out of your life because they're going to pull you into the storm. And you don't need to be in that storm. How many, how many would agree with me on this? There's enough storms in life by themselves without me creating them. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, I know I'm going to go through some storms anyways. I don't want to go to extra storms. Like, I like to go to extra fun things, and I like to do things, you know, more than, than the number if it's good, but I don't like to go into painful things that I don't need to go into. Like, if you're, if you're hurting... And I'm going to pray for you, but I don't really want to come hurt for you. I don't, want to, I don't want to go through your storm for you. Go with you maybe, but not for you. Sever some relationships. Break some ties. Cut that disobedience. Or maybe you're here and, and you're really walking with the Lord. And it just kind of gave you some clarity. And another prayer for me, for you this morning is, maybe you just need a refreshing. Maybe you just need a refreshing. You just need a fresh touch from God. My prayer this morning at the prayer room was that everybody that's here would just get refreshed. That that rain of the Holy Spirit would come down on dry ground and you'd be refreshed. Amen. Maybe you need healing. You heard the testimonies. Jesus heals. If you have cancer, if you have tumors, if you have stomach pains, if you have problems, come to the altar. Come to the altar this morning and receive your healings. We sing this morning. I want us to just find a place at the altar. Find a place at your chair. If you need prayer, if this message spoke to you, we're going to open up these altars right now. Just come. Fill these altars up. Let the Holy Spirit minister and touch you this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.